You are listening to A Miracle in the Making with Sarah Pinnock. It was a rotten week for me, like a really, really bad week. Physical pain was so overwhelming, which unfortunately led to some emotional turmoil, which became very overwhelming as well. Like sitting in the bottom of your shower, crying, overwhelming. Has anybody else ever noticed that when you're feeling physically weak, the enemy likes to seize upon the opportunity to pour as much salt in the wound as possible? And yeah, I know better, but I still let fear and doubt completely control the narrative of my thoughts. I mean, there I was, curled up into a ball, and these thoughts hit me that if I can't even get out of bed to get to work, then what good am I? I mean, my whole life became about this pain and what it would allow me to do and what it wouldn't allow me to do and my weakness that would allow me to give in to such pain. Like I didn't have enough faith in order to conquer pain. or I wasn't strong enough. I mean, sometimes pain is just pain. Sometimes a kidney stone is a kidney stone and all you can do is let it pass. But no, I turned this into a whole emotional crisis in which I was like, if I can't overcome this, then how could God possibly ever use me? You know, kind of like when Moses stood in front of the burning bush and he listed to God all the ways in which he was inadequate to do the task that God had placed before him. Now, I have no delusions of grandeur, especially after this week. And I know I am no Moses. And there's part of me that likes to think that if God was speaking to me through a burning bush, you know, a burning bush, that would be like, okay, God, if you say so, because, you know, he's speaking through a burning bush. But I don't know, maybe more realistically, I would just think that someone had like put a hallucinogen in my food or I'd finally mentally snapped. Anyway, even these small, you know, in comparison to a burning bush moments that I have with God, I have to admit, I still list all the reasons why I can't. As if God doesn't already know all of my limitations. It's like I say, thank you, God. That sounds awesome and all, but I think you forgot that I don't speak very well. And oh yeah, I have this illness, which is super inconvenient, and it tends to flare up when I'm in certain situations. Oh, and remember that one time when I like stepped out in faith and I totally made a huge fool of myself because I didn't listen very well? Oh, and do you remember that I'm stubborn? And have you seen my schedule? I mean, I have a job. Oh, and surely you must have forgotten this. I have a husband and three kids. And did I mention that I'm 40? I mean, maybe in my 20s I could have done this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. In my 20s, I said when I was older and I had a chance to gain some wisdom. But now I am older and wiser. And I know that I was wrong back then. I totally missed the boat. That's my bad. You know, if you could think of an excuse, I'm sure I have used it. We'll probably use it in the future. I mean, how in one breath can I be like, God, use me. And the next be like, well, that's a little crazy and intense. Maybe we should start smaller. I mean, this is something that I ask myself a lot. I mean, I honestly get upset when I think God isn't using me because I feel as if he must think I'm unworthy. And then when he reminds me that he does have a task for me to do, I'm like, yeah, but that's scary. And I don't think I'm good enough for that. The simple truth of the matter is, though, I, like you, was born with a purpose. So it would make complete and utter sense that God would provide us with all the things that we needed to fulfill that purpose that we were specifically made to fulfill. 
For example, if I was going to build a toaster, would I not put in that toaster all the things it needed in order to toast? Or if I was going to make a freezer, would I not put every part the freezer needed in order to freeze things? Of course, it's only logical. And God is way smarter than I am. So why would he spend time making something that was defective from the start? And then that kind of gets me to think too, though. Like, do you think the freezer would ever look at the toaster and be like, I can't toast things, so therefore I have no purpose? No, because it knows that it was built to freeze things. Of course, that leads me to think too, though. Like, would I put bread in the freezer if I wanted to make toast? No. So neither would God put us into motion if he didn't know that that's what we were made to do. In all honesty, I am sitting here admonishing myself because like I said, it was a tough week. I mean, I know better than to dwell on these type of negative thoughts, but I did it anyway. I mean, if you open the door to the enemy, even if it's just a teeny weensy little bit, he's totally going to barge in and make himself at home, kick off his shoes and put them all over your furniture and sling them all the walls and just destroy and wreck the place. But the good news is, is we can kick him out. Here's a tip though. Don't ask him to leave all politely because he's going to think you don't mean it. You tell those thoughts to get out forcefully and mean it with every ounce of your being. Sure, it'll be like a creepy stalker that's trying to look back in through the windows and find its little opening. But once you ask the Holy Spirit to come in and spend some time with you, like I did this week, I guarantee you that they will flee. And not only that, the Holy Spirit wants to help us clean up the mess that was left behind and will even teach us a couple lessons along the way. It was through these lessons that I remembered that what I do doesn't have to look like what other people do. and I don't have to sound like what other people sound like or look like what other people look like. I just have to be me and do what God asked me to do. He made me and this personality, and I think he expects that my personality is going to be a part of the mission that he gave me, just like I think he expects you and your personality to be part of the mission he gave you. He doesn't want a bunch of puppets running out there that have like no minds or thoughts of their own. He uses the imperfect people to help other imperfect people. I mean, the only perfect one came to the earth and died on a cross and rose again, defeating death and the grave. And now we have to do our part by accepting that sacrifice and letting it free us of the pain and the baggage that we allow ourselves to carry around. You don't have to carry your pain as some sort of penance for your past. Instead, we have to turn it over and let it be turned into something beautiful that can be used to set other people free. And this week, God used some horrible physical pain in order to show me where I was still carrying around some emotional pain that he wanted to deal with. See, for me, the biggest pain emotionally that I have ever experienced in my entire life was going through a divorce. And now I'm totally, totally against divorce, even more so now having to actually walk through it. The way it wrecked me and my beautiful girls, I can't even put into words. In fact, I don't even like to talk about it now because I still have some of those insecurities that it brought with it. I mean, insecurity and these feelings of abandonment I mean, it was more than I could bear, and I struggled in my faith in a way that I did not know was possible because I thought I had a solid foundation. I thought that I had rock-solid 
faith and it took someone else's decision to make my whole life fall apart and my whole faith system seem worthless and weak. I mean, the shame was honestly one of the worst parts that I had to deal with. I mean, I thought that I was done. That God could never use me again. I mean, who would ever listen to a divorced woman? I mean, I wasn't even good enough to keep the one person around that was obligated to stay with me forever and ever. And it didn't help, though, that wherever I went, I could hear whispers behind my back. Or I even heard people talking about me in the hallway when they didn't even know that I was there. I mean, how could God use a rejected woman like me? So, I mean, when I was going through this, I grieved not only the loss of my family, the way that I knew it, the insecurity, but I dealt with the grief of of losing my purpose. I no longer knew who I was or if I was even needed in the world. And once you have this thought that you are no longer needed, that you have no purpose, then your life becomes meaningless. I was nothing more than just a reject. I knew God was there in my brain, but I couldn't feel him anymore. And I thought that I was permanently benched for the rest of my life. And if I was no longer useful to God, then why would he ever stick around? I mean, surely he too would leave me. And that fear was overwhelming. And I know the scriptures. I knew the scriptures back then. I know what it said. But I couldn't let myself rely on them. I couldn't dare to believe it because everything I had believed before was a lie. So maybe this was too. And I began to question and doubt. Now, obviously, God did not leave me there in the middle of this self-pitying journey in this pit of despair. I mean, he did restore my heart and my soul and eventually even helped my heart heal enough that he allowed someone else to enter in and give me enough courage to say, I do. However, just because God restored me in so many different ways doesn't mean that I don't have these flashbacks of pain and suffering, which, well, brings me back to this week. You see, this emotional pain that accompanied this physical pain was this fear that I was a burden. And if I was enough of a burden, then everybody would leave me. I mean, who wants to have a burden around? And it was this past pain that I was still carrying around from the divorce because I was sick a lot. I mean, I have lupus. It's par for the course. I go through seasons of pain and suffering, and but God gives me the strength that I need. But I thought, man, if I I am weak in any way, if I can't carry all of the burden by myself, then I am useless and therefore no one will keep me around. I mean, I had been down this road before and I was like, I can't let people know that I'm feeling weak. I can't let people know so they can hurt me or leave me. I mean, anybody else relate to that? I mean, if so, then you like me, we need to stop it because we're not meant to go through life alone. We're not meant to shoulder the burden alone. I mean, we should have a core group of people around us that knows how to love us through the pain, that prays us through the pain, that lifts us up when we are down If not, then we kind of need to look and see why. I mean, maybe we're too afraid to actually go after and seek healthy relationships because our past has taught us that they're not real, but they are. Healthy relationships actually exist. It's not a fairy tale that people tell their kids so they can sleep at night. You can surround yourself with people that will actually be by your side. 
but we have to be willing to accept it and we have to be willing to let those people in. And that's the tricky part, especially if you've gone through anything where you felt abandoned or you felt taken advantage of or whatever it is. Pain, physical and emotional, can really, really mess with your brain if you let it. Now, I know I'm being a complete and utter open book right now, telling you guys about what an idiot I have been all week and talking about the divorce, which I really don't like to do because, you know, like I said, it was a source of one of my biggest shames. But to be honest, we need to be more open about who we are and what we have overcome and what we struggle with, because that's the beauty of what God does is he takes broken messes and he turns them into successes. And I know that sounds really, really cheesy but yet it's still true and this whole concept that we have to display ourselves in such a way in order to be accepted is complete and utter nonsense these masks that we put on ourselves in order to be liked and loved by others they're not helping us nor are they helping the people around us we need to be real we need to stop pretending that we are okay when we are not okay we need to let people know that we need prayer we need to let people know that we are suffering through something so they can be part of the journey that we're on towards healing because I guarantee you the minute we take our faces those masks off our faces and people see who we really are they're going to identify with something because they too have pain they too are suffering they too are wrestling with something that is beyond them and when they see that God can take someone like us and still use them the imperfect messes that we are they are encouraged because they know they don't have to have it all together to be used by God to be loved by God to be called by God they just have to be themselves and together we can continue on a journey where we lift one another up and we point the direction towards God I mean, let's just be honest. We have enough fake in our lives to last us, well, more than a lifetime. I mean, we see fake news and we see fake relationships on TV. We see fake images of what we're supposed to look like, an an ideal that is just impossible to live up to. We see the fake stuff all the time, but how often do we get to see real authenticity? You know, there's so much, when when you talk to people who are not living for Jesus, when you talk to people who don't really know who he is, do you know the number one excuse that they give in order to why they don't serve Jesus? It's because they look at Christians as being a bunch of fake hypocrites. They know that they that we have just as much pain that they do. They know that. They can see it. And yet they see us faking it instead of actually walking through it. They can tell. They can tell when we are pretending to be okay when we're not. But when we sit with them and say, yeah, I struggle with feeling inadequate too. I struggle with self-esteem and it's hard. But instead of going this route, instead of going towards drugs or instead of trying to cover myself with sex, I learned... And it was better to trust God and to learn who I am through him. And it's not easy all the time, but it has led to peace that passes all understanding. That they can relate to, but they can't relate to some religiosity that we have just made up for our own pride purposes. So I know that I am rambling on a lot about this, but you can tell I feel very 
passionate about us being real. I feel passionate about being real. And I don't want you to ever think as you listen to me that I have everything figured out. I'm just sharing with you the ways that God has talked to me, the ways that he has challenged me, because every one of these things that I talk about is a lesson that I have had to learn the hard way. It came through pain. It came through suffering. It came through deliverance, not from my own wisdom. It came through God, God reaching down to me when I could not continue another step seeing me where I was and me reaching back and accepting his help. And that's the same way he wants to do for you, no matter where you are. God wants to meet you there. And if you've gone through something horrible, like a divorce or an assault or abuse, God wants you to know that that's not the end of your story. That's not all you are, a victim. But you are instead a conqueror. You are an overcomer and he has more for you. And it's going to take some time to heal. It's not going to be overnight. And it's going to be a journey. But it's a journey worth taking. It is your miracle in the making. Because I promise you one day you will look back. If you go on this road. If you trust him. One day you're going to look back. And you're going to see where you were. And you're not going to know how you got there. You're not going to know how you got to where you are. Because it was slow and it was long, but you'll suddenly recognize that God got you from the pit of despair into this place where you are happy and you're whole and you've learned how to trust again and you learned to have friends and you learned how to breathe again without having panic attacks when you hear loud noises. You learned how to live and that's what you need. You need to live again. Remember, you are a miracle in the making. It doesn't happen overnight but it does happen. Now, I would love to hear some of your testimonies or even hear some of your stories about the things that you're facing so that I can join you in prayer as you move forward. If you would like to do that, you can comment on whatever platform you are hearing this, or you can email me at booking at sarahepen.org. That's S-A-R-A-H-E-P-E-N dot org. Now remember, no matter what you're facing, God is with you. Be blessed.